If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. So I'm hanging with Biggs and we're at dinner and I'm like, man, I know you so long, you ain't never introduced me to Jay-Z. And so he's like, man, you know what? Come to the brunch tomorrow. And I was like, the Rock Nation brunch? He's like, yeah. So I go make sure my suit's clean, you know, get my stuff together. And I pull up to the Rock Nation brunch and I look over and see Biggs. And he's sitting next to Jay-Z. He calls me over and he introduced me to Jay-Z. And who's sitting next to Jay-Z? Babyface. Baby Welcome back to another episode of Deposits with me, your host, Brooke England, brought to you by the Revolt Podcast Network. My guest today is known for working with some of your favorite artists. I'm talking about Ariana Grande, The Weeknd, Cardi, Megan The Stallion, Chris Brown, The Black Eyed Peas, and Nas, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Everybody, help me welcome songwriter and producer Tommy Brown, a.k.a. TV Hits. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You look nice. Oh, thank you so much. Listen, I was just telling him the story. I threw this on. Came out cute. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, shout out to my girl, Nan. Yeah. But you know what, you guys? I just want to tell a story because not to put TB on the spot, but it was very hard to get him here, y'all. So I'm so glad that you finally made it. We here. We made a pit stop in LA just for you. Oh, thank you. Okay, well, we're going to make it good then. We're going to make it good. With now, what do you, which name do you prefer to go by? Tommy Brown or TV Hits? My friends call me Tommy Brown. Your friends call you, they call you by your real name? Yep. Okay. All right. Let me see. Oh, All right. Tommy. Let me see. <laughs> now, where did you get the name TV Hits? Um, I used to produce and I had like took this biggie sample from 10 Crack Commandments and I was putting Crack King on my beats so nobody could take my beats. So everybody just started calling me that. And I had did this song with Y Clef and it said Crack King at the beginning and uh, somebody was like, yeah, you can't put that at the beginning of the song. So this dude that was designing my website was like, yo, I did this mock-up website for you. I just put TB hits for now, and I just never changed it. You moved from Pittsburgh to ATL when you were 19? Yeah. 19, but you saying you started doing music when you were six? No, or you 16. just capping? Yeah, 16. Okay. So at what what was the transitioning moment that you were like, you know what, I'm leaving Pittsburgh, I'm getting out of here, I'm moving to ATL? The streets was hot. I was like, I'm putting my stuff in the car. I'm going to go down to Atlanta and see what I could do. And... um. I was dating this girl when I moved into her grandma's house. And so when I um, was working out of her grandma's basement, she would wait for her to go to work. And then she was like, you ain't wash the dishes. You ain't cut the grass. I was like, nah, I can't do all that. You know what I love? Because I have watched a couple of your interviews. You always give credit. And I've read some of them, too. So you always give credit, you know, to that beginning that you stayed with your ex-girlfriends, grandmother, and that's like, you know, very honorable because mm -hmm. a lot of people will forget the people that helped them along the mm -hmm. way. Now, were they expecting any kind of like money when you got popping or how did that go? It took so long to get popping. I was just grinding. And so it was like, it's still for like it's yesterday. So 
I just look up and I'm still here, but I still feel like I haven't made it uh-huh. as far as I want to. Yeah, yeah, of course. I Everybody that's been on this show feel like that. You know, when you get to a milestone or a threshold, you feel like there's so much more to go. Yeah. Now, I know, like, when you were uh, in Atlanta, you were working at Sears yeah. and you used to pass out your yeah. mixtapes? Them CDs. The CDs? So I would buy, like, you know, the $50, I mean, the 50 CD spindle. That you had to take the top off and burn them. I was burning one at a time, passing out like, probably put like 20 beats on a CD, passed out 50 CDs every night. So I all the open mics. And then one night, I gave a CD to this dude. He threw it on the ground. His boy picked it up and was like, I might need these. And he called me while I was at work one day and was like, Gorilla Zone need beats. And uh, I walked out of my job. I thought I made it at that time, but... It don't work like that. Shout out to Gorilla Zone. Shout out to Gorilla Zone. <laughs> so what was that like? You went, you was like, I'm out. I'm on. I got to go right now. I got to go. Right this I second. I ain't counting the cash register. I ain't doing none of that. Y'all figure it out. And then you went to the studio, and then what happened? I went to the studio. I played him beats. He liked some beats. But that was just the start of the journey. I thought, like, we were on. So I was go sit up at the studio every single day with nobody listening to beats, just like, just in case there was another moment that I could play one. So, but what were you doing for money at this time since you, you know, walked out on your job? I mean, I had um, some money saved up. I had like three grand saved up from Pittsburgh, but the thing was, I didn't get the job to get, to like make money per se. I got the job to get the apartment. They needed them papers. So... I was still selling beats for like $100, $50 here and there. So that um, is selling studio time. So that kind of added up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So fast forward, mm-hmm. um, you quantum leap is what they talking about now. Yeah, you know what I'm that. saying? Right? Fifth dimension. Right? You quantum leap. You take this big leap and you know what? You like, this is my time. Fast forward. How do you end up working with Dark Childs? Like Dark Childs have produced some Really huge records, Destiny Child, Mary J, Beyonce, Monica, the boy is mine. The boy is mine. How do you get to working with him? So I was in Atlanta and then I, I flew a couple of my boys out and was like, yo, let's work on some songs. So you was like, getting money at this time. Wait, what is going on? You fl- mean, flying people out? I mean, when you, <laughs> Atlanta, cheap to live, you you charging $100 beats here and there, selling studio time, you could save up a little bit. Okay. And so I, I bring them out. We did like 10 songs and they end up getting sent to Rodney by like his cousin or something. And then he was like, well, I want to sign them. And fast forward, we end up doing the deal with him. Mm. I didn't even know who he was. Mm. My boy was like, yo, I just love him. He's my favorite producer. I'm like, if you're going to do it, I'll do it with you. And y'all ended up signing to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then tell me how did that relationship unfold and you know the mm-hmm. opportunities that came from there because I'm assuming that is what put you on the track to really get get you here yeah I, you know what I I really just learned I was like I'm willing to be a student and and carry a bag if I need to you know what I'm saying I would just want to be a service so if I could be in here every day and just if he's doing four beats a day I want to do five if he's here at 11 I want to be here at 10 if he leaves at midnight I'm leaving at one I was like, because if I could go in and do the same work that he's doing, then I could make it to where he is. Yeah. 
So what do you think is the greatest lesson that you learned from him? Was there anything in particular or, you know, um, because he writes too. Yep. I mean, I just think the song's not done till it comes out. Mm. And just focusing on getting it done. I think there were big lessons I learned and really how to, instead of just like making a song, how to really craft a song and tell the story and how to finish it properly from top to bottom. How do you normally craft a song? I mean, it it just, every day I go in, I don't even think I'm good enough to do it, but it gets done. So I just kind of let the energy in the room flow. Actually, I want to talk about that because I heard you speak about that before, that imposter syndrome. I mean, you have done so much in your career. Why do you think that you still have those like doubts about, you know, your craft and, you know, your talent? Mm -hmm. I, I just think I've done a lot inside of the industry, but I haven't done anything that really has made significant worldwide change. So for me, it's like the music's good and that's a good aspect. Like you get awards and everything else, but like when somebody on my team comes and say, yo, I got my dream car. Yo, I moved my mom out of the hood and got her like a nice place over here. Like those are the things to me that are like my awards that I want to hang up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is it safe to say that you are or at one point of time was Ariana's like main producer? Yeah, I think I think first we're great friends. And I think it, it started there. I think in the beginning it was just us being able to be cool and be friends and then the talent also helps. And we just did a lot and I'm just happy that people still want to listen to the music. How did that friendship come about? Um they asked me to go to the studio to work with a girl from Nickelodeon and Nick Jonas was going to be writing. And I was just like, yo, I'm going to be able to do the Jonas Brothers album in my mind. And that's not what happened. So from there, I just like became really good friends. I'm like, your voice is so good. And I played her some beats and she's like, I really like these. And then from there, it just never stopped. So, I mean, like I said, you guys have so many songs together, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like where you basically produce the whole project, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And for multiple albums, mm -hmm. what is the chemistry or what type of things do you look for when you're working with an artist that makes you want to say, you know what, I want to do your whole album or your whole project? Or is that something that they decide or how does that work? I mean, I think it falls on them. I mean, I could always want to do as much music as I want, but I think... When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Chemistry is everything. So I feel like when you're in the room and you're able to be honest and you're able to be in a safe space, because a lot of artists don't really want to be honest and open up. So it's hard for them. They want to get in the studio and tell like a fake story. I'm like, Yo, you got to tell your story because you're going to write your biggest hit. Yeah. Nobody can be you. It's going to be about your life. Yeah. 
What was the session or song that you feel that you and Ariana knew that you guys were like two peas in a pod? I don't know. I just feel like a lot of things we feel the same about, even if like we could communicate without speaking. Mm. It's like, I feel like that's important. So it's like, I don't know. I think sometimes we ask each other, like, what's your favorite song we did? And I may say needy and she may say thank you next, but it's all, it's like, all feels like yesterday to me. Yeah. Is needy your favorite song that you guys did together? I think so. It was just a moment, like I had played some keys and then it was like a freestyle down. And then it was like, yo, the song touches me. Like, I could be needy is very, like, a, something a lot of people won't say, but really are. Mm -hmm. So. So explain your process. Mm -hmm. As far as, like, producing? Uh-huh. Um, It all depends. It changes because I have a big team. So a lot of times, whether I play the chords or a friend of mine plays the chords or somebody makes a beat, it's like really just putting it together. Like, I want to make sure the proper writers are in the room, the proper producers like I like a collaborative event so I feel like when we all get to come together it makes the best music it's going to write itself the song's going to write itself the music is going to produce itself really you you, get, you think that I do I think you just got to let it flow and don't question your like basic instincts mm. like when Kobe I, I read this thing about Kobe where this guy watched him um work out and practice in the gym, and he said he was let down because Kobe didn't do anything exciting, and Kobe was just like, yo, I work on my, the basics. And I feel like as long as you perfect your basics, you could do anything. So what about when people write songs and then bring it to the studio? Like, you prefer <laughs> to write it after the music is, is done? I think that's been my best, that's where my most success has come from. Like, people do come in the studio with songs, and sometimes that's great. But I'm like, let's pull from this energy. How do you feel today? That's why when people come and be like, do you have any songs you could play me? I'm like, I don't know how you feel. So I was like, let's write about how you feel. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... I feel like because you've worked with Ariana so much and she's mm -hmm. such a huge artist, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's safe to say that you're responsible for a lot of her sound. Do you feel that way? I feel like it was a collaborative thing. I feel like we both like the same music because what you really can't buy is taste. Yeah. So, mm, I feel, so true. Yeah, so I try to keep people around me. And, it, and I was thinking about this the other day, like, most of the people that are closest to me have great taste. So it's like they get nice cars. They dress nice. The things that I like, a lot of things that they like, like great taste. And I feel like that's very, very important. Mm -hmm. Do you have like a story from that maybe it was a song that you guys like weren't agreeing on and then it ended up being like something big or, you know, just something that you guys didn't expect? I mean, I don't think... Any of, like, the Thank You Next album was anything that any of us expected. I think it was, like, a therapy session. So I feel like we all went up there. It was a lot of tragedies that went on, like, Mac had passed, like, recently before we did that stuff. And everybody was kind of down and how it was. And then the day I get to New York, she was, like, put the, like, the camp together. So the day we get to New York with everybody... Um, my grandma passed away. Mm. Like, 
I, my grandma called me the night before I was in Pittsburgh. She's like, come see me. And I was like, I got to get on this flight, but I'll come back. And when I got to New York, she had passed away. So I was like dealing with that and dealing with my family. So I was like, we're getting drunk in the studio, writing these songs. And I'm like flying back to Pittsburgh every other day to deal with my family and help with my grandma. So when all of that was like a blur and then we're listening to the songs, I'm like, yeah, the songs are good. But like, I want to have a single. And the label's like, y'all don't know what y'all are doing. And then I guess we didn't. Because Thank You Next was it. Oh, my gosh. That is, listen, I think that's my favorite Ariana song. Yes. And it's such a good um, karaoke song. Like, I sing that every time. I'm, I, I get the people involved. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know that you, was that you karaoke. You can't miss with that one. Yes. Love that. Did you, what was that experience like? You feel like it was just like, so much going on that you forget the experience or no I, I mean I remember like it was yesterday but it was just like a lot of emotion I feel like everybody was vulnerable everybody was just there there was like a lot of tears there was just like a lot of happy moments there was just a lot of champagne it was just a good time so y'all didn't y'all didn't think that when she was calling out them names I feel like you know even if I just heard it for the first time, I would know that it would be viral or something because it's like people don't call out names like that. No, they don't, but it was so funny because it was like, are we going to do this? Are we not? Because it was like when we get in the studio, it wasn't like an expectation of we were making an album or making a single. It was like we're friends, so we have songs that we'll never see the light of day that we're just like, let's try something. Okay, yeah, that was cool, but we'll never put this out. So it was like just us shooting a shot and it was like oh that was that was a good one yeah it really really was but I want to um I want to rewind for a little bit because mm -hmm. I know we kind of like jumped to you got you getting signed um do you remember like the first beat that was like a big check yeah I th I'm gonna never forget I have this picture it's probably on Facebook or something but it's not a, it, at the time it was a big check. It was like, we had did all these songs for this commercial thing. Like it was like, we want 30 songs for a commercial. We'll give you for commercials and we'll give you, um, it's like 500 a song. And we did 30 songs and was like, we got $7,500 checks, me and uh, one of my partners. And we like took pictures with the checks. Like this is our <laughs> first like music checks. And after that, I think, I remember I got like a $16,000 check for the first check from Black Eyed Peas. Mm. Just can't get enough. And then what was that like? Do you remember the feeling? Was it an actual check? Was it a deposit? Like what? No, it was a. It was like a deposit, but it was so crazy. That song was like top 10 on the radio, and I was broke, broke. Like I didn't have money to eat, bro. Me and my boy were like, we were... uh sitting in an apartment I had like a one bedroom apartment and he had like an air mattress on the floor and we would be splitting top ramen in NoHo and it's like a, a number three song on the Hot 100 and it was we would just make jokes like headlines like producer Dawes in North Hollywood from Starvation like it was like a joke but shit we made it out and you said that's when you got the 16 but you got it was that front end or was that? No, that was just um, publishing. You know that's to stay on the radio nine months before you start getting a check. No. Yeah, so it takes nine months. So if your song comes out tomorrow and it goes number one, you're not getting a check for nine months. 
Wow. Okay, so that is what Jazzy was talking about. Mm-hmm. I just talked to Jazzy, and you know, we were talking about you know the inequalities. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That songwriters face, mm-hmm. and she was she she kind of said it in quarters. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like if you put something out, you might not see it. You know, if you put something out first quarter, you might not see it the fourth quarter or even the next year. Yep. So this is what you're saying. You're saying like once it even hits the radio, if it hits the radio today. Nine months. Nine months. It's like a baby. Like a baby. So you're saying like during these nine months. Oh, starving (laughs) every day, figuring it out. Like, this is crazy. Asking people to borrow money. And then my name was left off of the credits. And they're there now. So I'm like, yo, my name's not on the credits. So then we're checking. They're like, well, you're registered in there, but we'll, we'll get it on the reprint. And for a producer, that credit, especially a credit like that, is the most important thing. For the Black Eyed What? And that's when albums was still in the, It was still like Apple Music. Not Apple Music. iTunes. Mm. And albums in the store. So it was like, yo, the credit's not on there. I can't even... My family thinking I'm lying about this shit. My family like, yo, he went out to L.A. and started lying. He ain't on the song. We got to go check on him. Just capping. I'm like, yo. Wishing upon a star. So wait, when it came out, how long did it take to get number one? Like, how long were y'all really, like, sitting in that, like, yo? Yo, when you hear that song every day on the radio and you trying to figure out how to eat, that's crazy. But it it eventually paid off. It was like 16000 It would be like 50000 It was like, oh, yeah, we on. And then what did you do with it? Do you remember? Yo, so funny. So I was signed to this publishing company. And when that happened, they would put us in the studio that they had. And I'm working in the studio every day because we had the hot song. And so I'm talking to the engineer. He's like, man, this is, you must got a big budget. I'm like, why? He said, every day you're in here, it's $1,000. So I go and look at the calendar and I'm like, I'm booked in here for 30 days. So I was like, I want to cancel the sessions. And they're like, why? Because I was like, yo, cut me the check and I'll just build my own studio. Mm. So they gave me a check to go and I think they gave me like half the check, like 16. And I went and found a building and built my own studio. And that was my first studio in LA. And where was it? North Hollywood. And that's what you used the 16? What? Yeah, to build that studio. Wow. So, oh, wow. That's that's like even crazier because we've heard this before on the show, too. That was mm-hmm. what Akon did with his first um, check. I believe it was 15. He just invested into a studio. Yeah. I mean, yes, Akon. How long did it how long did it take to see that um, return on that? The studio? Yeah. Oh, I was in there working. I was in there working. I'm having, I, but the thing with me, I was like, I work with anybody. So it's so funny you see these artists now. They were all in my studio then, like the Eric Bellingers and the Danny Lays and the Ariana's and the Travis Scott's and all them early, early in their career were like my studio was like the hub for everybody coming there. Really? Okay, so you were charging them or you weren't charging? No, them? I wasn't charging. I was trying to figure out how to pay that four grand rent. 
for the studio. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a part of your home. It was like a separate actual building. Yeah. I was like, yo, I'm over my head. I'm paying a thousand for rent in an apartment and four thousand for a studio, but we made it work. So, but what made you take that kind of um risk? You know what I'm saying? Where it's like you already was down bad so and you come- got the 16 and you was like, I'm just about to, I don't have the 16, basically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm gonna act like I don't have it. Got a little three series BMW too. I was I was on. What made you take that kind of risk though? To like instead of like spending it or paying your rent up, you decided to put it in a studio. Because I mean, we was from we was from the streets. We was taking risks that would have had way worse consequences than getting evicted. So it was like, here, so like, what's the the worst that could happen is they tell us we gotta leave. Yeah. So then what was that one after that? After you get the 16, you know what I'm saying? And you're able to invest into yourself, invest into your future. What was the one after that that was like, oh, this a check. Like, now I don't really have to think so far ahead. Thank you, next. Really? So that big of a gap? Yeah. I mean, but I was on so many projects. It was like, I'm on a a Nas album. I'm on a... Chrisette Michelle, uh, I'm I'm on the Meat Meal album, I'm on the DJ Khaled, I'm on it. So it was always a check coming in, and we were always doing a lot of the Ariana stuff, but it wasn't like songs where it's like, oh, I don't have to work as hard. Yeah. It was like, you may get money, you may be 50000 a 100000 up, which a lot of people may think that's a lot of money, but not running a business. It's not a lot of money when running a business yeah. at that level. So you feel like, so what was the check from Thank You Next? How many zeros? Like what? Well, first of all, mm-hmm. let's let's get this timeline. Mm-hmm. You know, because the thing is with deposits, like, you know, so many people, they see people like you and they're like, oh, they're popping. They made it. Da, da, da. They don't understand the time in between where it's like you, you're not necessarily getting the deposits. You're the one making the deposits, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, to yourself and to your business. Yep. So it's like the year that you got the studio that you took the 16 and got the studio to thank you next like what was those two years um no like before so even before the thank you next so what happened was I was living in Beverly Hills and me and my boy was splitting the rent and it was almost like 30 grand a month and we were figuring it out like making plays making plays and then he tells me like yo I'm out of money and then mm-hmm. so I had to kind of cover the bills for like three months, which kind of drained me. Mm. And he moved with his fiance at the time into a place. And I like stayed with a ex-girlfriend of mine. And I was like in mid-city in like this, I guess it was an apartment. And I was in there, and I was, like, so depressed because I was like, is this how a producer career ends? And I called one of my boys, Barry from Atlanta, Barry Hefner, and he was like, man, stop acting like a bitch, man. You know too many people pick up the phone and start calling people. So I'm calling everybody, calling people. Yeah. Looking, and I, I, my attorney was like, yo, there's this company out of Japan. They're cutting checks. Let's get you a meeting. And I went in there, and I was like, okay, they're interested. And I got them to cut me a million-dollar check. I was like, yo, I got all these songs coming out and this and that. And I didn't have anything coming out. And they cut me a check for a million dollars. 
and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, oh, What? <laughs> yeah, I said, Oh, we're back in business. So wait, was it a contract or oh, was, was a, it? It was a publishing deal. Okay, so what was the agreement? Like, yo, three years. Whatever pay you pay us publish. the money back. Anything oh, you had you to do. pay the million dollars back? Yeah. And it was like, okay, I'll take it. And then the very next songs that I did was the Thank You Next album. Wait, hold on. Is that how publishing deals normally work? Like, you have to pay them back? You have to pay publishing deals back. What in the world? Yeah, so it'll <laughs> say, yo, we're going to take a percent of your publishing. We'll give you the money up front. And go get the songs done. So it's not like an artist thing. No, but artists have to pay the money back too. Whatever advance you're getting from, whether it's a record label, whether it's a publishing company, the only place that will take your house is the bank. At least the labels aren't going to take your house. The bank's coming for the crib. But if any of those, like, uh, artists isn't making any money. If they take a million-dollar deal, they're not making any money until they pay that million dollars back. Hmm. Okay. Oh yes, you you are now. I already know that that's gonna be a clip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That we are gonna have to clip out. Thank you for that information. Mm -hmm. So okay, you get the million dollar publishing deal that you got to pay back, and that's basically because they know once you get those songs out, you're gonna be making money. Yeah, and you could pay it back. Yeah, and it was like, I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but the first thing I did, I got that. But before I even got the money. I was standing on this girl. The girl was taking me to all these places. I was so depressed. And then I found this house. And I looked at it. I said, this would be perfect to build studios in. And I literally took, I had $15,000 left in my account. And I walked in the house and gave it to the guy. I, I was like, my credit's bad. This, I don't have money in the bank. I'm good for it. And he was like, um... Cool, cool, cool. Um, let's go to lunch with my friends. And I'm sitting down with this dude and his friends. I don't even know why he invited me. And they're talking about, I'm going to buy this house for $7 million and sit on it. They're talking all this big money that I couldn't even understand at the time. And I'm like, okay, I need to go to the bathroom. They said, all right, it's, it's that way. And I went and paid the $60 bill. And when, the, when they came back to the table to hand me my car back, he snatches it. And opens it, and it was my sign receipt. He said, nobody has ever done that for me. And mm -hmm. he gave me the keys to the house. I and know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and you was like, what was the motive to sign the bill, to pay for the bill? I just was, that's just what I do anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, if I go out, me and my friends fight over the bill. We're not chipping in. I want to be y'all friend. But, okay, so you was like, and then he was like, yo, 15 is good with me. You got the house. Gave him the 15. I ain't have no money left. I went in there and built a little studio set up. I flew all my friends back out, and we were like 10 people in the house. And we were just making music. I was like, yo, y'all should be a group. Made a group called Social House that was did great. It was like everything was just magic after that. We did those songs with... Ari that came out and blew up and it was just like insane but this is before the hey there ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster oh you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you yeah 
or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Japanese deal? Yeah, that was before the Japanese. But the Japanese deal came like while I was in that house. I like did the deal and was like, now I don't have to worry about it. Now I could kind of build the rooms out and do what I need to do. So I put the money into building the rooms out. And then when we ended up going to New York to do the Thank You Next album and everything we went through after that, it was like, they're like, we knew we made the right investment. I was like, yo, y'all got lucky. Facts. So wait, can we know how much you've made from Thank You Next? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I I don't know. Millions? I mean, I say, I think more than the money is capitalizing off the opportunity. Because the money's going to go and then go away. But I think when you have a big song, you have to capitalize off the opportunity. Because you could say, off of Thank You Next, I made a million dollars. Or you could say, off of Thank You Next, I got a million opportunities to make a million dollars. So for me, it was the opportunities and being able to put the people around me in the opportunities. Like when we did... We did the whole Positions album in the living room of that house. Mm. We just did that whole album in a, in a month and a half. The thing that was special to me about it, she trusted the process. And it was a lot of new producers who never had songs, who was on singles for that album. Like, it was the whole team on it. And it was great. I was like, I want to make sure as many as my producers as I can get on this album. And then that song comes out and basically you're really able to like wipe the sweat off your forehead. You're like, you know what I'm saying? It is followed by Seven Rings was great. Well, I'm glad you brought up Seven Rings. I like that song too. (laughs) I won't sing it because, you know, (laughs) clearances and then that kind of stuff. But speaking of clearances. (laughs) Yeah. I interviewed Soldier Boy okay. in 2019. Yep. And he was like, Ariana stole his song. Stole, didn't clear the sample. Two Chains said we stole this and love Two Chains too. But I mean, I don't think that came from anything. I think we weren't even thinking about that in a room. I think it just happened. I mean, if you can own a cadence, I think. You don't think. The cadence is basically the same. Dude, somebody came in and sued us and said we stole his another person's song. Mm-mm. And that was something I brought up. I said, well, if Soldier Boy said it, this dude is trying to sue about it. And I'm like, it's the crazy thing is we were in a room and nobody was thinking about none of that. Like, I never heard the dude's song ever. And Soldier Boy, when did he do the song? Um, Pretty Boy Swag. That was that. I mean, it was it was very, very similar. Yeah, it was. I mean. Because I remember in that episode, 
That was when I used to produce this show uh-huh. for BET, this digital show called I Went Viral. And it was like, we kind of like put it side by side. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> you know, Soulja Boy is crazy. And of he was course. just like talking about... He's the first about, to do everything. He's the first to do everything. So he was talking about how people wasn't giving him his respect and how like Ariana, he got the Warner team on him. So how did you guys like... Well, they didn't. They never said anything to us about that. I don't even think that... The the thing is, it has to be the notes have to match. Like, it has to be seven notes. And, like, nobody, we didn't, like, take the song or even imagine Soldier Boy in a room. We were, like, people in there just having fun. They, like, literally went to the jewelry store and really bought the rings. Like, Ari got lit and called me and was like, yo, I bought girls' engagement rings. And I was like, what? And that that's, like, the story of the song. Mm. And it was just, like, a fun thing they did. I don't think anybody was like, yo, think back to, like, 2009. Like, I don't think that was in anybody's mind on that. So what was the conversation then that you guys had? Like, did you guys ever have to pay anything? Or how did it get resolved? The thing, well, not with Soldier Boy. This dude came out and said he played me a song. And I went back and wrote the parts. I was like, I didn't write that song. I wasn't even there when they did that part of the song. Mm. I was in at the funeral for my grandma. So I was like, I just let it be. It is what it is. I mean, but I do think Soldier Boy brought a lot to the game that people weren't doing, though. And I think over time, I mean, it gets put in the culture. I think Jay-Z put a lot of stuff in the game and Kanye put backpack rap on the game. That doesn't mean everybody that backpack rap thinks of Kanye when they do it. Yeah. But should they? I mean, maybe I think of Kanye. <laughs> mm-hmm. We got to get Soulja Boy on this show because that was another show. We got to get Soulja Boy back on this show. You know, he was like very adamant <laughs> about <laughs> about how uh, people stole that song and then he, um, how people stole from him because yeah. that was an example. He used Drake as an example. Yeah. Um, and then he went on to say that uh, Beyonce actually was the only one that, like, had respect for him and, like, paid him for a song. So um, that was very interesting. Yeah, I mean. Because <laughs> you think of Ariana Grande, you like, did she really? Nobody even had Soulja Boy even in mind. It was just like, it's fun. Like, you could probably pull up 10 songs that do that. Like... Even with, because I feel like if she would have felt that, like prime example, she used, whoever did the creative for the Seven Rings video used pink houses. Mm-hmm. And 2 chains had... Pretty girls like trap music. Ariana don't know what that is. Don't, she don't. She, Ariana... She's like hip-hop adjacent sometimes. Yeah, she, she, but she's, a lot of times she's, like, more in, like, the musical world and, like, hanging with her friends and watching Harry Potter. Like, it's not like she's, like, looking into that. So when that happened, she put 2 chains on the remix. Mm-hmm. She's like, yo, get on the remix. And it's that simple. Like, you know what I mean? So if she would have felt like she would have done that, I feel like she would have done something to, to make it right, if that was even, because she's not a person that's, like, She's very giving. That steals. Yeah, she's very giving to everybody that's around her. She gave somebody who worked for a truck at my house one time. It's like, he loves this truck. I'm going to give it to him for a gift. And I was like, yo, that was great. Mm. Okay. 
All right, so we gonna we gonna put that on ice. All right, cool. It wasn't stolen. No. Um, y'all wouldn't even think about her at all. I mean, y'all wouldn't think about Soldier at all. No, nah, but shout out to Soldier Boy. He's the goat. He's the goat. He's the goat. He's the goat. He started the internet. He's he's the reason why we have social media. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he's definitely the goat. Um, okay, so just jumping, taking another leap. Mm-hmm. Um, who is your favorite songwriter of all time? <sighs> favorite songwriter of all time. Um, maybe Rob Tipperton. Mm. I think I said it right. I think he did like a lot of the thriller stuff. I really like that album. I think if we go to new newer generation, I would have to say probably maybe Pharrell. Mm. I think Pharrell's kind of nasty on the songwriting side. Now I don't know why I thought you was gonna say Babyface. <laughs> Yo, if I had money, I would have lost because I felt like I would have put all my money that you was gonna say that. I cannot believe I didn't say Babyface. Babyface is like, outside of being an incredible human, he's like the craftsman of R&B music. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't even want to call it R&B. Just like he's just insane. Like he called me, so I just put a song out with him. Okay. He, I seen him at a dinner. Me and him were talking about a lot of stuff, and he calls me three weeks before the Grammys. Two, three weeks. I have this song. I want you to to work on it. So he sends it to me and my teams. Everybody's moving. And y'all today. never worked together before? Never worked together. And he just was like, I want your expertise on this song. Mm. So he sends it and sends the files. And I'm like, grab this dude. I'm like, and my team, yo, you want to work on it? Oh, I got to go do this. Want to do it? I could do it after this. And I was like, you know what? I opened my laptop in the kitchen, did it on my laptop, and changed the, the drums and sent it back. He said, I love it. Send the files for mix. And what do you want? I'm like, I just want you. I don't really want anything. I just want you to keep me in mind for the next time you have an opportunity. Fast forward. And this is why I always tell people move with a sense of urgency. Because you never know what you might miss. Mm. And so Grammys rolls around. And I'm I'm hanging with Biggs. You know, Jay-Z's friend. Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. So I'm hanging with Biggs and we're at dinner. And I'm like, man, I know you so long. You ain't never introduced me to Jay-Z. And so he's like, man, you know what? Come to the brunch tomorrow. And I was like, the Rock Nation brunch? He's like, yeah. So I go make sure my suit's clean, you know, get my stuff together. And I pull up to the Rock Nation brunch and I look over and see Biggs. And he's sitting next to Jay-Z. He calls me over and he introduced me to Jay-Z. And who's sitting next to Jay-Z? Babyface. Baby face. And I'm like, oh, man, what's up? And his girl, she's the nicest person in the world. She's like, oh, no, I'm moving. You you deserve to sit here with them. And I sat on the couch with Jay-Z Yeah, I saw that photo. Oh, my God, the whole brunch. And we got wasted. Was and then, like, So what was that like? What was young Tommy inside of you feeling? I'm not getting up or taking these glasses <laughs> off. <laughs> this is the moment. And it felt like Christmas of all Christmas. Yo, it was like, he's my favorite rapper of all time. And Babyface music influenced so much of what I'd done subconsciously. You know what I mean? So it was like, to be sitting 
on the couch with them was... Two goats. What a true blessing. I was like, wow. Were there any opportunities that came from just from people seeing you sit with them? It was funny because everybody wants to say hi to Mm Jay-Z. So they all walk over to say hello. And then I laugh because I know a lot of the artists. And they're like, you could just see they're like, what are you... Right. Why are you sitting on the couch with them? Right. Like, oh, no, I'm here. These are my people. (laughs) Favor ain't fair. Hello. And then they're like, you scoot down a little bit. I was like, oh, okay. Beyonce's coming in. And then Beyonce came over there, and I was like, oh, it's over. I'm here. Right. Three goats. Three goats. and I'm, I thought you was going to say people was coming over there trying to act like they were saying hi to you to get over there. Oh, no, that happened too. <laughs> no, I, people then came and people filmed. That's how I got one of the pictures. Somebody was filming. He's like, oh, I'm going to go say what's up to Tommy. I'm like watching on Planet, and I'm going to go say what's up to Jay. Of course. So People like, that you probably hadn't spoken to in oh, a long man. time. But it's cool. Do what you got to do to get there. I understand. And I met Elton John the night before. Mm. And I was like, yo, I shook Elton John and Jay-Z's hand within 24 hours. Like, nobody touched me. I know. That's right. <laughs> I ain't taking a shower. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite Babyface song? Um, Was it, which Boys to Men song did he do that was so incredible? Did Was it End of the Road that he did? You are speaking another language to me. I think End of the Road <laughs> is the Boys to Men song he did, if I'm not mistaken. And I was just like, that. just that music in general with them was insane. Yeah. Okay, now this is a question that I'm throwing in there because you bringing up Boys to Men is making me think about a question that I ask a lot of people mm-hmm. who claim they know music. You know, mm-hmm. I claim to know music. I can't call out songwriters. That's just like... Japanese to me. That's like, yep, you know what I'm saying? But um, I mean, I do know that Babyface has written like 80% of R&B. I know that. Yeah, you for know sure. That's a fact. But I don't know like every, you know, song. But Jodeci or Boys to Men? That's a tough, that's tough because they were different. They're They're different. Who was your favorite member of Jodeci? I mean, obviously, KC. The way, obviously, KC? I mean, I mean, I, I, oh, you think I was going to say like one of the twins because they was handsome? I mean, they were, they were. Uh, I mean, when I think about Jodeci, I'm getting into them more like as an adult, like now, like not like when I was listening to them growing up in my house, you know what I'm saying? That's different because it was on. You know, I really appreciated the music. My older sister loved her some Jodeci. But now that I'm older, and the reason why I like having this particular conversation, like, I do feel that Jodeci music has aged better. Like, I'm never turning on no boys to men. Like, I feel like they were just more commercial. Yeah, yeah. To be pushed, but I feel like Jodeci had the swag. No, they did. Like, Boys to Men now is like, they have, like, the ultimate funeral song. Yeah. They're at every funeral. Or, like, you know, like, like Boys to Men are the guys you should have married. And then Jodeci yeah. like the toxic dudes, you know what I'm saying? Jodeci's the boys you went for. Those, those is like, you know, when I think about it, because I'm like, you know, like, I'll make love to you, like, bending knee, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm not putting on no kind of, like, 
Sad. They brought tattoos to R&B. Oh, a Jodeci? And them boots. Them people, boots. People still say Jodeci boots. Like, if you have on, I mean, if you're not, like, Gen Alpha yeah. or, like, Gen Z, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like everybody still kind of say, like, Jodeci boots. Yeah. Like, that was a staple. Yeah. And then it's like, I definitely, like, in my house, you know, we grew up watching Martin, you know what I'm saying? So it's like that episode with Jodeci on Martin, like it's forever grained in my just genetic makeup. You know what I'm saying? It's like the way that uh, Casey was being extra. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like kind of like mimicking how R&B dudes would sing songs at that time. Like that was it. That was like... Weren't they on the Jamie Foxx show, too? I feel like they were. Probably. Probably. So back to my question. Because I feel like I get it. Like, when people say, like, you know, that's the verses I'm waiting on. You know, like, I don't know what happened to verses. I was just, like, thinking about that yesterday. Like, I went back and reposted the the Jada, you know, clip where he, like, you know. He went crazy on that clip. That's, like, an iconic that's a classic moment in hip-hop, like, forever. Yeah. But I am waiting on the Boyz II Men and Jodeci Versus. I don't know if people put them together, but when I say it, people be like, Boyz II Men, and I'm like, nah, you don't know. Nah, I would have hung with Jodeci. You don't know. When they play them, when they go to the verses now, mm-hmm. I don't know if, if they can't sing good, you know, that's going to, like, the live performances, like, really, like, well, affects, Jodeci like... Jodeci was just on tour. Listen... Because they were on the, um, I don't know about the tour, but I know that they had did the Lovers and Friends. Yep. That's what I need. Who you got? You got Jodeci now? Because it sounded like at first you was like, you can't. But I feel like we talking about best male R&B groups of all time. Gotta go. Gotta, I mean, I, I, I'm going Jodeci. I would hang with Jodeci. I'm gonna be on the Joe. They would wear what you got on for sure. <laughs> for sure, I'm hanging with Joe to see. You look like you could be a fifth member. Hey, I wish. <laughs> Come on, bring it. I do the the rebrand. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Joe to see. All right, cool. I can move forward because you know when you said voice to men, that kind of made me like want to ask that. I like always want to ask people that all the time, especially like music people because I feel like people think that. Boys to Men and Drew Hill would be a better versus. No, it won't. Nah. No way. No way. No way. Anyway, Jodeci is the best male R&B group of all time. So that's just what it is. I did see you were having this conversation about songwriters getting more uh, benefits, you know, and how you think that there should be like some type of deal with Spotify. Talk to me about that. Like, what is your vision? Like, what do you think can happen to get songwriters paid before nine months? (laughs) I mean, I just think it's, I think it's such an issue when you look at the music industry at a $15 billion year last year, which I think is one of the biggest years of, all time Mm. and you have the creators the brokest that they've ever been i think you're going to run into an issue sooner or later where you have people no longer everybody wants to go independent yeah so now everybody wants to go independent 
songwriters are now becoming artists. The best songwriters are now becoming artists. And you're losing out on a great material that could be for other people. So I feel like until they go and figure out a system where writers get paid, I mean, producers get paid in advance and don't make the money back. So if you get $10,000 for your beat, you don't make any money to that money's paid back. Like off residuals or... Yeah, but you still get the money up front. So if the song doesn't make any money, you still get the money. I feel like there has to be some type of same energy for the songwriters doing that because if not, you run it into the ground. Yeah. So what do you think? Like, what do you think would be a good I think when the system in place? I think when the labels are taking 80% and leaving about 17% for the artists and leaving like 3% for the producers, I feel like there's nudge room to say there's an overall 10% for the people who wrote and produced the song. Five for the writers, five for the producers. I feel like there's room for that without them really losing much money. And I feel like they would get better results doing that. So when I put out songs independent, I make sure that the writers also get points on the song. Yeah. So it's like, let's make room for them too so it's not just one-sided. Like, writers need love too. So what do you think about, like, as a producer now, the way all of these mashups are, like, going viral from TikTok and stuff like that, and it's like y'all not seeing nothing on that. I mean... It's just, it's it's crazy the way this, it's a digital world now. Like, you got two options. You could sit at home and be angry about it or get on TikTok and do your own mashup. Yeah. And figure it out. Make your own song go viral. Because a lot of people go and complain about it but have no action towards changing what they're doing. I mean, because if you complain about it, then what happens? Like, the label attacks their TikTok account? Like, how would that even work? I mean, it's already out there. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Because now if I save it and I post it, it's an original audio. You can't even, like, find where it came from. from. And that happens a lot. Like, a lot of creators are, like, making stuff, and it's just, like, there's, like, it's so hard to find where the original actually came from. Like, if you did a clip and somebody went side-by-side side with your clip and it blew their page up and they started making money, should you have been paid for that? Or is it just free content now that it's in uh, the verse? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm also, like I said, I'm a producer. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not like a big TV producer. Mm-hmm. So all the stuff that I produce, it's like I just got my rate. And that's it. People take that content and it's just like it. Like, you know, I'm kind of like used to that. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's sad, but it's just like, especially now it's like, you know, with content creation, it's just like, even from this podcast, Mm -hmm. we had DG on and a bigger page on YouTube because he's so big on YouTube, a bigger page on YouTube took a snippet of the clip, they never tagged me, never tagged the podcast, and someone sent it to me, and it had a million views. And they collecting all the money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, like you said, I mean, I don't know. Like, in those moments, I feel, like, more motivated. Yeah. I, I would think, like, okay, like, you know, maybe I didn't 
benefit off of that directly, but, you know, maybe someone saw me and, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. maybe down the line they'll be like, oh, that's the girl that interviewed, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, I mean, most people don't know, like, I'm I'm also interviewing, but I'm also producing this, yeah. you know what I'm saying, yeah. by myself, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm yeah. saying? So I get it. But what do you feel as a producer? Do you feel the same way or... I feel like you just have to go in. Like, I love what Timberland and Swiss did. They took the game into their hands and created verses. They sold a title. Because they was just playing music back and forth online. They sold a title. Yeah. And then they put it on another platform. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's just figuring out the way to capitalize off of what you do in this new... Because it's moving too fast for yeah. anybody to... Last week isn't what this week is. So it's like every day you wake up, it's like a refresh. Like, what's new today? What did they change? So it's like figuring out how to grab it and ride the bull and figure it out because it's tough. They really thriller dropped the ball because <laughs> what is going on with verses? I swear, I, like I said yesterday, I was literally on the verses page. Like, so y'all just, what's going on? I like the ones they do in the arenas. The shows, yeah, the you know shows. what I'm saying? The shows, I do want them to, I was telling Jazzy this, like, I want them to go back to the early ones, the producer ones, and, yeah. and do those over, the the Dream and Sean Garrett. Like, I want, those were the really good ones yeah. in the beginning. The producer ones were, I feel, were the best, cause were you, the best ones. You, they, they shine a light on people who don't usually get the light shined on them. So people are like, oh, he did that. Oh, he did that. Mm -hmm. They just know the songs. That's why I think that was so good. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And those stories, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Those stories behind each song is what we don't have anymore. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Now that they're in the arenas, it is more of a live performance, but mm -hmm. they miss you miss that storytelling of like how this beat came about, like what happened, yeah. like in the studio session, like that's where all the magic um, happens. Um, but you produce so much different kind of music. Yeah. What is your favorite genre music to make? Um, good. Good music. <laughs> yeah, good music. But um, I don't know. I really like musical stuff. Like lately in my life, I've every day I wake up at like six, I make my green juice and okay. I listen to um classical music. So I've been listening to a lot of classical music and it's crazy when you listen to it for a while you start hearing different things and similarities. Mm. It's like crazy. So I've been listening to a lot of that stuff. I just like things that are musical even though a lot of times we can't do it. But when it goes there I like to go there. Like we did a, a Christmas album on the Backstreet Boys. We did the mm -hmm. whole Christmas album and that was like a chance to really show off musically that was really really fun. Yeah. Cuz you know what? I wouldn't I wouldn't assume this about you, but you mm -hmm. really get into your pop bag. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> on accident, that's just what it is. I don't even mean to be in the bag, but we just in there. Just woke up in the bag. So like when you're in your bag and you making music and you making songs, like how do you know when something like is a hit? If you it feels good, I feel like you never know what the audience is going to say, but you just feel it. If it feels good, it feels good. It was like you know what song you like. You might not know the words. You might like a song that ain't even in English. Mm. 
mm. but it just feel good to you. Mm. That's what I do. I listen to it at the end. I listen to it and I call it myself speed bumps. I'm like, do I feel like this song has any speed bumps in it where it throws my vibe off? I'm like, you got to change something here. I might not know what it is, but something got to change here because it's not right. Yeah, I'm good with that. You know, holla at me. But anyway, um, okay, cool. So I, I definitely want to talk about how I first met you because I didn't want to bring this up first and ruin it. But, uh -huh. you know, I'm so proud of you and all of the things that you're doing, especially like our audience has listened to your story of being up and down. But I actually met you on my birthday with my friend at your restaurant. Yep. Casitas? Casita, yep. In um, Sherman Oaks. Yep. Yep. Here in Los Angeles. Tell me how did that come about? Well, a friend of mine, Brian P., had called me and was like, I want to introduce you. It was the beginning of the pandemic. It was like, I want to in, in, um, introduce you to my boy Christian. He did Boa and Katana and a lot mm -hmm. of those places. But he's going to start opening restaurants in the Valley. And I was like, y'all always said that that would be a good idea. And we met, and it was like this empty place with all this wood, which ended up being Taisho. And he was like, yo, I'm looking for partners, but I don't want anybody. I only want a, a select few people to come partner with me on these restaurants. And then Taisho was such a success. Then we moved across the street to do Casita, and now we're building Boulevard Steakhouse um, right up the street from both of those restaurants. We took over the old tequila spot. Oh, my gosh. I used to go there after class on Mondays. <laughs> oh, wow. That is so sad. That, well, I'm it. happy for you, yep. obviously. Um, it's going to be better. Yeah, I used to study with uh, Tasha Smith, mm -hmm. and we would go over there every Monday after class. So it'll be ready by summer, end of summer, top of fall. Listen, I just want to say that food at Casita's, Bomb. You liked okay, it? it was so good. Listen, I had ordered the lobster rice just for me. The lobster rice. And then rice. next thing you know, everybody wanted some. We ordered some more. We 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 was eating like drug dealers in there. We spent a lot of money. <laughs> like I love when I hang out with my friends, Christina and them. You know what I'm saying? They we be like, yeah, whatever you want, everybody get it. Like I listen, and well, nobody's worrying about the bill and stuff yeah. like that. But um, all but everything that we had was so good. They had tacos. I didn't have tacos because I had on a white skirt and I was like, you know, I'm not really trying to like do with the hand food. But yeah. that lobster rice, I wasn't really trying to share. Even the dessert, the the, the, the was that a pound cake type? Yeah, it's a um what is it called? A butter cake. A butter cake. Oh, yeah, it was so good. So uh, definitely keep me posted yep. when the new restaurant opens because I can't wait to try Like, if you guys come to L.A. or you're in L.A., definitely, listen, highly recommend. When I say everything was good, everybody was like everything that they had was so freaking good. We should invite y'all to, like, the friends and family when we before we open. Yes, listen, I'm going to promote it. Yeah, I don't promote you. stuff, but that food was so good. Like, actually, my one of my best friends was in town mm -hmm. from Atlanta. She wanted to go back. And I was like, girl. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I, she was like, I don't want to sound greedy, but I want to go back for that food. And I was like, girl, there's we in LA, it's a lot of places, but 
we ended up going back. <laughs> so congrats on that. Thank you. And you have another one coming. Yeah. What are some like other investments um, that you've been able to pull off? Like a, <laughs> like a few different music companies and different things, like some clothing stuff that's going to be coming to the forefront. Just some really good, really good stuff. Tasteful stuff. Taste. It's all about taste. What would you say has been your greatest investment? Would you say the restaurants? Um... And spending time with my family. Because mm. I had so much time that I was gone. I mean, this is like from 16, it's my 20th year in the music industry. So Congratulations. Two decades. Yeah. So it's like you miss so much time and then like to And you look 15. I'm where well, I'm trying to go back. I'm trying to keep <laughs> going back. I mean, I'm 21. Okay. No. You look like it. But um yeah, taking the time to be like, yo, let me reconnect with my family. It's been so long to really spend time and do stuff and like... Because you missed a lot of time. Yeah, my mom be like, you really look at what you spend. Like, you go to dinner and it's easily two, $300 with enough people. Two people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So then I'm like, my mom's like, oh, I want this truck. And I really look into it and it's like, yo, the truck is $700 a month, but it'll make her happy like yeah get it and then i was able to like my sister wanted like a cheap like a cheaper truck and i was like yo like get it for them and just help them and support them and and do that i think that's been my best investment thus far as investing time back into my family i love that i love that you know what i'm saying i i totally get that people don't talk enough about the sacrifices that you make you know on the road to your dreams and stuff like you really miss out on everything. Like, yeah. you know, I live here, you know, my my niece in Miami, it's like, I can't pick her up anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I'm just still out here trying to, you know, one day be able to be like, you know, it was all worth it. Okay, before you go, uh -huh. this is viral right now mm -hmm. online. Okay. That case said mm -hmm. that... Charlie Wilson snores. His snore is better than Luther Vandross. There's no way. <laughs> Stop it. I don't want nobody else to ever love me. There's no way. He was in the tracksuit in the video kicking that shit. <laughs> what? There's no way Luther Vandross is one of the greatest of all time. No way. What, Luther? No, you're saying, like, there's no way that Charlie Wilson has a better voice than Luther. No way. You know what it was? I'm not, I love Charlie Wilson's voice. Yes. Luther be spitting that shit. Yeah. Luther be talking that shit. Yeah. Deep enough to swim it. Like, what? Yeah. Just that song in general. I was like, all my, what was that, All My Love? Mm-hmm. That song is crazy. I was listening to that. Literally like a month ago, cause like you rehear music when you get older. And I was really listening to Luther and I was like, yo, Luther was like the first rap singer. He did kind of rap that. I mean, that is how the m m melodic rappers kind of like get on tracks now, exactly. So maybe how he he's did that the first song. to do it. Yeah. He did it before Soldier. He did it before Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, cause I mean, in hip hop, we say Nate, right? Mm -hmm. RP yeah, yeah, the Nate yeah, yeah. dog. Um, 
But technically, yeah, I guess Luther, he was kind of like in his MC bag. Yeah, he was in his bag. I was like, yo, I was watching a video. I said, is he in a tracksuit? He in a tracksuit in the studio. He was doing social media shit before social media. But what type of singer do you think Case is? Like, you know, how how do you see him? Case, I mean, I think Case is in a lane of his own. I mean, I don't think if I said top five singers, I don't think he would be in my top five. Mm -hmm. But who is in your top five? Singers, like male yeah. singers? No, of all time. Oh, all time singers? That's tough. Because my top five, other people may hate. Like, I love, in no specific order, I love what Beyonce does. I think she's really, really good at what she does. But um, She doesn't get enough credit for it. No, Because she, she makes it sound very easy. But then when those challenges go viral, it's like... <laughs> I'm like, yo, did you hear what she just... I'm like, you posted that? Right. But, it's like, it eats them up every time. And, I mean, for me, if I'm going to have to go Mariah or Ari, I'm going to have to go with Ari. Me, personally. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. You saying Ari over Mariah? Yeah, that's my family. The lamb's going to get you. I, hey, I don't got no... There ain't no... I don't got no beef. How can I'm just... you say that when she's obviously heavily influenced by Mimi? I mean... Like, it... that's her idol. So let me ask you this. If Drake is influenced by Soldier Boy, does that make Soldier Boy better than Drake? It's very different because Ari, her cadence is like, the way she sings, she is Mariah Carey's son. She is she her daughter. <laughs> she her daughter. It's you uh, can't say that like Drake doesn't. I would say Drake. People might more say like that's Wayne's son. You know what I'm saying? I think that's a better. Who's better, Drake or Wayne? A rapper, Wayne. Rapper, Wayne. I gotta say Wayne, and Which you know it took a long time for me to come to that. Because I grew up on Wayne. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But Wayne is that dude for real. Wayne he, is really that dude. I love what he just did with Swiss Beats, that that video they did. They make good music together. They make really good music together. I think like Drake is might be a a stronger artist because he sings and stuff. But like, and Drake's get Drake gets in his rap bag too. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You can't take that away from him. He spits. Yeah. But like, rapper, that's that's Wayne. No, true. Okay, but back to you, because Singers? we we gonna we gonna we gonna scoop past. Can I put them both in the top five? Okay, so you got two more, two more. So let's put them both in the top five. Beyonce, you know Mariah, what? and Ari. I, I, what I loved about Mariah, like, outside of her incredible vocal abilities, is that when you go back and look, she was in a lot of videos with niggas. She was in when there with the them, locks. No, when she hit them remixes, it'd be different what? from the, re the regular song. Yo, yeah, when Mimi hit them remixes, it'd be like, she'd be, like, popping out. Yeah. Okay, so I'll actually put them as a tie. Okay. So you got three them. more. Okay, cool. So who 
else got crazy vocals? We got to think about, you know what? So we can't put somebody like Usher in there? You That's your top five. I didn't really think about this. I got to go back because <laughs> I got to go really think about this. Because it's like singing or tones. I can't believe they said Charlie Wilson and Luther. It's crazy. Um, honestly, don't know. I got to go back. They ain't said nothing. Case said it. Case said it. And he stands on it. But Usher's tight. I mean. Usher? Mm-mm. Are we not putting Chris in there? Chris is tight too. <laughs> I love Chris Brown. Like I think, like Chris Brown is on another list. Like he's okay. on the performer list. Okay, cool. We'll put him on the performer list. Then you taking Beyonce out and putting her on the performer list? No, because the things like you said that she does with her vocals. And just, like, over the years, because we've kind of, like, watched Beyonce grow up, too. Like, the way she used to sing and the way she sings now, she is, like, in so much control of her singing. Like, she yes, can really yes. does some, like, amazing things with her voice that people can't do. And you can't, you don't see it until the challenge happens. And you, like, she really made that seem so easy. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing I love about, like, specifically her and Mariah, too. Like, a lot of people get older and they lose their vocal capability they're like still there yeah okay two more i don't know i can't even think about them right now you gotta throw something at me dang whitney oh yeah whitney is whitney the one is the one i know not that's the right. two not the three <laughs> not the she's the one shaka khan shaka khan's hard I don't know if she's Shaka up Khan just went viral because she was mad at the Rolling Stones list, greatest singers list of all time, because they put Mary Ooh. J. Blige before her. So she was very upset about that. That's crazy. And that went viral because she... I love Shaka Khan. She's Yo, crazy. <laughs> she gonna be Shaka. She gonna be Shaka. Who else was on the top of the list? Um, Whitney, obviously. She Aretha was number one. Over Whitney? She was number one. I don't know about that. But Aretha was fire. I was trying to keep it a little bit more current, but Aretha is the godmother of the voice. You got one more. I'm trying to think. Who else was on the list? Who else is on the list? I can't remember the list, and my phone is, like, taking so long to pull it up. But, um... Jasmine Sullivan. Yeah, Jasmine Sullivan's fire. Who it was the gospel one? Who's the gospel one that got the crazy voices? A gospel girl. Her voice is crazy. Um, Kim Burrell. I think that's who it is. Her voice is crazy too. Kim Burrell is like all the singers' favorite singer. Yeah. Like Kim Burrell, I think she invented runs. I don't know. Yeah. She, <laughs> she might as well have. <laughs> okay, cool. We're gonna let you ride with that. All right, cool. We're gonna let him ride with that, y'all. Let him off the hook. Maybe he'll be back in another season and you know, he'll have the list together. Yeah. And then we can talk about the new restaurant. Yeah, there we when go. it opens, right? How the food is. What's going to be the name of it, you said? Boulevard Steak. Boulevard Steak. And when is it supposed to open? Is there a date in, yet? In the summer, early fall. This year? 
Yeah. Ooh, all right. Well, congratulations again. Thank you. And thank you so much for stopping by. Appreciate you guys, y'all know what to do. Follow him at TV Hits. Follow us at Deposits Podcast. And definitely follow me at It's Brooke England. Thank you so much for tuning in. And you already know what to do. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe button. Until next time. Peace. needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off ba da ba ba ba